ears, O Lord. We come to you with our questions, our doubts, bringing our whole selves. Thank you that you continue to meet us in this moment, in each moment, in our very breath. Amen. This weekend I went to see The Shack, a film based on the 2007 novel. Those of you who've read the book will remember that the main character, Mac, meets the Trinity in some unexpected human forms. And these three um, help him to work through some significant traumas in his life. There's a scene in the movie uh, where he's walking with Jesus, who is played by um, a 30-something Middle Eastern, actually an Israeli actor. And as they're walking along the lake shore, Mac tells Jesus he's not quite what he was expecting from the Jesus he's gotten to know in church. And Jesus then comments on how hard religious people work. And then he says, I don't want slaves. I want friends, people to share life with. And this intrigued me because whatever else you might say about it, as Anabaptists, we could easily take this to mean that Jesus desires friends who will live with him the new life of the kingdom of God. And going deeper, we could say he wants people who will be so close to him that they participate in the very life of God, in the divine life, and that God's life and wholeness will be lived through them just by their proximity to Jesus. Well, Jesus' comment from the silver screen was especially interesting to me in light of this night visit from Nicodemus we have in John chapter 3. I wondered if Nicodemus may have been feeling more like a slave than a friend of God when he came. What was it? What hunger was Nicodemus carrying that brought him to Jesus by night? What hope or what curiosity did he bring? Was there a knot in his stomach? Was there something that he couldn't even quite name? Or did he just have an intuition that he needed this encounter with Jesus? Have you ever had that feeling that you just need to be near to someone or you need to get to know this person? There's something about them. Or just to be close enough to this teacher to hear from his own lips... What? Something. Did he even know what he was hoping for? Well, clearly, since he's coming at night, he perceives some kind of risk. He's in some way anxious or, or nervous or afraid. And yet he comes not only with fear, but with some level of trust. In fact, he speaks for his colleagues in saying, assuming he's saying, when he says we, I assume he means the other Pharisees, 
We know that you are a teacher who's come from God. Now, if he felt confident that his friends among the Pharisees agreed that Jesus was from God, why would he need to come at night? That's a bit mysterious. Although, I mean, if he's a prominent leader, maybe he feels some need to appear neutral in public settings, and this is his chance to have a personal interaction that just wouldn't be possible at other times. Well, for our purposes, I'm assuming that he's coming to Jesus in good faith. And his mysterious reasons for coming at night are just the beginning of the mysteries that we encounter here. Pretty much immediately, he's baffled by Jesus saying this language about being born from above. Another way to say it is to be born anew. How can one who has grown old be reborn, he asks. How is it possible for an adult to be born? Nicodemus seems to be saying, there are no do-overs, Jesus. What are you talking about? That's impossible, isn't it? Can any of us actually imagine going back and starting from birth? But, I mean, so much has happened to you already. So, so much has happened in the world. So many thoughts have become habitual. And so many relationships have been created and nourished and ended or transformed. Even if someone wanted to start over again from birth, even if that sounded like a good idea, how? 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 might one do that well he doesn't seem to get it but he keeps asking questions to enter God's kingdom you need to be born of water and the spirit Jesus says I can imagine Nicodemus's face as this new you need to be born comes wanting to follow not even sure what question to ask next Maybe this idea of being reborn, of starting over, or starting from scratch, is just too much for Nicodemus. It starts to sink in, and he sees that it would mean giving up everything, all the ways he knows how to please God, giving up stature and the security of how things are, how things are supposed to be, how things have always been. And yet, it seems he must have wanted some kind of change. He must have known that there was something he was missing, or why did he come? What was the something more that he needed? even though starting over and leaving many things behind might have been terrifying, Jesus is saying that the point of it is to experience living fully in the presence of God, to find love, to be healed. God loves the world so passionately. He sends Jesus on a mission not to condemn it, 
but to save it, to heal it. This word sozo that is save and heal. Can you relate to Nicodemus? I mean, can you relate to this not knowing what in the world God might be up to or feeling confused by the messages that you're receiving but continuing to ask, continuing to engage and expecting that God is going to stay with you and meet you in that wondering. What is it that helps you to keep wondering and not just close the door on this conversation with God? What is it that keeps you coming and asking and engaging even when you're anxious or terrified or in pain or it's just a real stretch, God? And is this very stretching and trusting that God will meet us part of being born anew on a daily basis? Is this continuing to press our point with God in hopes of a deeper communion with our creator? Is this connected to being born of the spirit? The spirit blows where it will, Jesus says. When God calls Abram, he goes, he starts over at age 75. He leaves the land and the religion of his family and sets out with Sarai and his nephew Lot and becomes this wandering follower of God. Now, I imagine he wondered a lot of times, what the heck was I thinking? Like, why, why did I say yes to that? Like when the promised son didn't come years and years. He must have wondered. And over time through his life, we see Abram negotiating with God and protesting and pleading as well as obeying. And all of that is this relationship that he has with God. He may have felt blown about by the Spirit, He was fearful as well as trusting. And he was a person whom God used eventually to bless everyone, all people from every family on earth. And similarly, Nicodemus came. He came with some amount of faith some trust that Jesus was indeed from God. Trusting that he had something Nicodemus needed. The Spirit blows where it will, and just as the Spirit took Abram far from his homeland and made him a wandering and very imperfect friend of God, So Jesus wants Nicodemus to know that if if he wants to be part of this kingdom of God, he has to learn how to bend with the wind. That he has to somehow have enough trust to move 
with the Spirit. Have you experienced this risky invitation from the Spirit? It seems that it was quite a stretch for Nicodemus. And yet, he didn't give up. We see Nicodemus again at the end of John's Gospel, right at the end of chapter 19. And he's coming after Jesus has been executed, bringing myrrh and aloes. In fact, a hundred pounds of them. And these were both used as healing, soothing ointments for inflammation and soreness. He brings this for the battered body of Jesus to give him a proper and good burial. Maybe he's learned to bend enough that he is able to be present in the terror and pain of death. And what is it that calls to us? How are we called to bend and move and not to wait until we know in order to move with God's spirit. This being reborn with God on a daily basis is messy. And we are pressed and we resist. And there is crying and pain involved in this process. And there is also freedom. And there is falling into boundless life. May it be so with us.